0: Welcome to HunterSportsTalk.com. I'm your host, William Hunter. We're following the NBA and the NBA playoffs right now. Two games on last night, and we'll preview the games that are happening tonight. But the first game, the East Coast Eastern Conference Semifinals, Indiana takes care of New York, 93-82. I call this series the one-player away series, and I'll tell you why. With Indiana, you'll see the next round why they need another score. And you know Danny Granger would have probably been perfect for them to have as far as his role goes and what I mean by that is this you don't see Paul George making that leap per se if Danny Granger is healthy but what happened and what Indiana thought was going to happen this year is that Danny Granger sits out a few games sits out up until the all-star break and he comes back and gets ready for the playoff run they virtually have no scoring on the bench didn't make any trades by the way their roster is homegrown it's been brought up besides a lot of these guys are homegrown well the main stars are homegrown Roy Hibbert was a mid first round pick Paul George a mid-round first round pick Danny Granger mid first round Lance Stevenson he was a second round pick from a few years ago George Hill not a first round not a first round pick but came from San Antonio in a Kawhi Leonard trade and David West was a free agent pickup Hansborough homegrown and D J. DJ Augustine is a no free agent, but most of their core guys are homegrown guys. But in the series you'll see when they play Miami, more than likely it's gonna be a situation where you know they're gonna need another score. Miami has three guys that you can you're guaranteed to get ten to twenty points from, and I'm being generous by saying ten to twenty. And you have those fringe guys in Miami with Ray Allen being able to score. You know, Shane Betty being able to hit open threes, Mario Chalmers having been a threat to score, and Norris Cole within the last few weeks being a threat to score. Indiana just doesn't have guys that's like that, an occasional once-every-three-weeks DJ Augustine game. But other than that, they really don't have guys off their bench that can score. So that's why I think they're one player away. New York, on the other hand, is one player away because they're just one player away. They have the superstar in place, unlike Indiana with Carmelo Anthony. But as we know, Carmelo is what he is—a ball stopper and a guy that, you know, it's not going to make you better. Really, it's not going to pass and kick. Although he, uh, although he's done a, well, kick, yeah, driving kick. Although he's done a little bit of that this year, as far as driving and kicking, but really has been successful in that area on a consistent basis. Ray Felton is a guy that, even though he's going to be with the team two or three more years. He's a guy that you would prefer to have to be a third option. J.R. Smith should be your, you know, firepower off the bench. That is secure, but they need another score, and I just don't think they have that on this team. Great season by them, getting them back in legitimacy. Nothing wrong with what they did with the older man, Sinus, with Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin and, you know, taking a chance on Tyson Chandler, among among others, a few seasons ago. Really don't knock that. But I just think it's a situation where this team is too old and they'll give Miami a scare. They would have gave given Miami a scare as far as winning a game or two. But I don't know if they would have been as competitive as Chicago was in this series. I think Indiana, if they win this series, they're going to be more competitive against Miami. But I don't know if they'll be a better opponent for Miami if 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 my New York somehow comes through and wins this series. But they lose the game. 93-82, Carmelo had 24 points on 9 of 23 shooting. J.R. Smith has not been the same since you know, the ejection in the Boston series in game, game four. Well, game three, I think. It was game three because they were on the break elimination game four on that Sunday game. But he hasn't been the same since that series, and he's been basically shooting himself and just been in the slump. And rumor has it that he's messing around with Rihanna. Rihanna has touched the likes of Chris Brown and uh, Matt Kemp. He was in a slump when he was messing around with him. And supposedly during the finals last year, James Harden—well, that was uh, Trina. I take that back. I don't want to give Rihanna credit of j- jinxing guys, but it's a situation where you know is what. Like I said, it. At the end of the day, J.R. Smith is what he is. He's a six-man off the bench. You keep him in that role twenty, twenty-five minutes. I just don't know if he's a guy that you can, can depend on, that can be a consistent score for thirty, thirty-five minutes. And you may want to keep him a six-man, but I still think that he's a guy that you have to keep in that six-man role and play him six-man minutes, twenty, twenty-five minutes. But I think with this New York team, he doesn't have to. He he can't do that. Because of Jason Kidd has not hit a shot in decades, it seems like. 16 minutes, over for 2, and 3 assists. So, I just think it's one of those deals where it, it, it's going to be hard for them to win this series. Now, I do see them probably winning Game 5 in New York. And it makes all... But if Indiana somehow loses Game 6, I'm not ultra confident in New York taking care of business in game seven. I don't think New York takes hit get, they don't even get it to game six. I think it goes to I don't think they get it to game seven. I think it just goes six games. George Hill had himself a game, he had twenty six points. four assists the combo guard that people talk about a lot. It's one of those guys where you know I think he should be a, he can be a fourth best player on a championship team. I don't think he's a point guard and a traditional point guard sense. I just think it's one of those deals where he's come up big throughout these playoffs and he's a guy that can score. He'll be a key matchup in the next round if they're able to, to get past New York with the Chalmers-Cole matchup and see how he does that. He should be able to take advantage of that. Lance Stevenson, heavy load. He had 35 minutes, played really well, 13 points, 7 rebounds. What'll well, be interesting if he can somehow become that scorer because during that New York game last night, he was a guy when New York was making a run. He was a guy that hit big shots. He's a big scorer in high school, an all time New York leading scorer. Doesn't always translate to the NBA, obviously. Wasn't a big scorer the one year he was at Cincinnati. But you know, it was one of those deals, I think, where if he can somehow squeeze out 13, 15 points a game, and I think that would be hard to do with him guarding Dwayne Wade. Maybe not, being that Dwayne Wade is injured. I don't think it's hard to do. But he may be a guy that can get 13, 15 points a game. If he does that, That'll be extra dangerous in the next round, but not a lot of production off their bench again. They had DJ Oxley had a, the second good game in this series, two for five shooting, but got to the line six times, eleven points. Basically, no production off the bench. Four out of the five stars in double figures, and guess which one that wasn't in double figures? It was Roy Hibbert. Aha, aha. After having a big game in Game Three, didn't have not not that so much a big game in Game Four. So. You know, that's why I say he's off and on as far as the offense goes, and I think you're asking a lot of a seven two, seven three guy. I think at his peak, in the prime of his powers, he's a guy that can score fifteen to sixteen points a game. I think we're asking him and just dumping the ball in the post, which they tried to do in the Miami series, just a situation where he gets tired, especially defensively with Miami. They just attack him and gets in foul trouble, gets exposed on that pick and roll. So just think it's a situation where, you know, if you get 16 out of Roy Hibbert and Roy Hibbert is a defensive force, I think that's more of an advantage more so than, you know, expecting him to score all of these points per game. So game five is tomorrow night in, in New York, and like I said, I think New York pulls that game out. They were not – New York is a jump shooting team, and that's why I just have a hard time with jump shooting teams Advancing really far in the playoffs, it's because you need a way to get easy baskets. And like I said in the last podcast about Carmelo, Carmelo's a jab step guy. He's not going to go to the hole that much, even though he needs to. But they were eight for twenty from the three point line, and that's what they are. They're shooting twenty nine percent from three. They are a jump shooting team. J.R. Smith going three for ten, Carmelo two for six, Shumpert zero for five, and Carmelo two. I said Carmelo two for six. Copeland came there and gave some spark plug minutes and played and had was two for three from the three-point line. So I just think it's one of those deals where is showing to be the better team. I think various markets, like the TNT executives and the NBA in general, may cheer for the whole, hey, we want New York to win bigger market. New York versus Miami, supposedly two big markets. When Miami's more of a marquee star situation, I just don't think it's happening. I only got to the line 14 times for New York, in 23 times for, well, 23 of 30 for Indiana. And this is what I mean. At the beginning of the series, I was saying that out of the two teams, Indiana can stand having offensive drops. They're not a great offensive team anyway. They were 40% from the field, but they kept New York at 35% from the field. Both teams hit 31 field goals. New York was 31 for 87. Indiana was thirty one for seventy six, got more opportunities, had thirty six rebounds while while Indiana had fifty four. So by looking at those stats in the eye test, seems like that excuse me, New York was pushing the ball up more while, you know, Indiana was playing the slow down, slow paced basketball. So three one in that series, Indiana has control. They have to even if they don't win game five, they I I think it'll be bad if they get blown out of game five. I'm speaking of Indiana, which may lead to a game six meltdown, which may lead to New York having that game seven. So they go ahead and take care of business against Indiana, 93-82. And as I predicated, I knew that Golden State was going to lose to San Antonio. At the end of the day, Golden State is the flavor of the month. They lose to San Antonio 109-91. Injuries are finally catching up with. Golden State, Andrew Bogus, not healthy. only had two points and six rebounds in 20 minutes. Stephen Curry, four for fourteen shooting, one from seven from the three point line. He had nine points. Klay Thompson, two for eight. He had four points. Lowest point total combined for Thompson and Curry all season, which was 13 points. So I don't like I said, nice run for Golden State. You make adjustments, and I think ultimately they get a big man as healthy that can catch the ball and cover the paint. I think that'll they'll make them a better team. I don't know if Bogut is the long term solution. I understand why you make the Monte Ellis for Bogut trade. You weren't going anywhere with Monte being there, with Thompson hindering his development, also hindering the development of Harrison Barnes. But I just think it's one of those deals where you know the long term success of this team. I don't know if Bogut can. It'd be nice if he could, but I don't know if he can be a part of that with his health situation. His knees aren't right, Has back issues. He's just not a healthy big man. San Antonio, on the other hand, Tony Parker has 25 points attacking on that pick and roll. And the difference between, I think, Steph Curry and Tony Parker right now, Tony Parker is a guy that can finish going to the rim. Steph Curry isn't that guy that can really do that. And he has issues with that. Either he's standing in the corner shooting threes. He'll penetrate. But I think he has troubles finishing and taking taking hits. So, oh, like I said, he had 25 points. Danny Green, 6 for 10. He was attacking the basket. Only shot 5, 3 points, 6 for 10. 16 points. Kawhi Leonard, 7 for 8. 3 for 4 from the 3-point line, 17 points. Tim Duncan, played 30 minutes, played okay. 14 and 11. And only double-digit score for... The Spurs off the bench. 25 minutes for Ginobili. 10 points. Corey Joseph plays some nice minutes. He's a guy that can play some nice backup minutes for. He had seven points. and a nice three point play in this game. And Boris Diao. Something tells him he's going to be crucial in if Memphis somehow advances because they're going to need all the, the bigs they can in San Antonio to go against Memphis. And yeah, splitter there. And yeah, Diao, and you have Duncan. And you know Bonner's not considered a a a, a, a big guy. He's a stretch four. Now you may see a lot of the, a little bit of DeWan Blair in this series. He only had two minutes. It was the victory cigar. Only had two points. But just may be one of those guys where you know you see him in the Memphis series as we move forward. But they just went cold from the three point line. They weren't terrible. They were six for sixteen for thirty for thirty eight percent. But I'm assuming they want to shoot more threes than 16. Shot 47% from the field, not bad. And San Antonio shot 52%. They weren't terrible. So it wasn't anything bad, really. It was just one of those deals where San Antonio's defense was really, really good. They were contesting everything, made everything hard. And I just don't think Golden State's advancing with the ankles on Stephen Curry and the injury to Andrew Bogut. And one player that's been nice in this series, they have to reconsider, know what his role is is Harrison Barnes and like I was saying in the podcast yesterday had a friend tell me that he was thinking about he was saying hey Harrison Barnes can be the guy that you know can be the number one option and I think if he does become the number one option it's because Steph Curry's ankles aren't going to hold up and that's the reason like I said yesterday they got that 48 mid 40 million dollar deal with four years you know he probably should be worth max because of the gate because of his play. But I just think it's one of those deals where you don't know how his ankles are going to hold up. And that's the reason why I ultimately think that you can't pay him a lot of money. And that's why you know, Harrison Barnes may jump into that role. Really wasn't a big-time player in college. But he had 25 points and 7 rebounds. It was really good last night with 19 minutes. With with, with uh, 18 shots, 10 for 18, more than 50%. But... It, It's just one of those deals where I just don't think that Golden State has enough to keep it going in this series. The two games that went on are going on tonight. Chicago and Indiana. Excuse me, excuse me. Chicago Miami has been has completed. We'll talk about that in the next podcast. Um, Chicago loses. Season is over. But we'll go into detail on that tomorrow night on why Chicago. How did Chicago lose? Because it was typical Chicago fashion and Memphis and San Antonio's going on at the time of this taping I think that Oklahoma City is going to win this game is going to put a lot of pressure on Memphis which I'm sure they're not really scared of that to go ahead and close out in game 6 at the Grindhouse Memphis has just stepped it up but you can see in even though I, I'm a fan of how Memphis plays I still think they're a perimeter player away from you know, I think they're going to have issues. I think they're going to make, if they get to the final, they're going to have a tough time with San Antonio, although I think they can beat San Antonio because they beat them back in 11 with the same team. And But I think they're going to have a hard time with Miami. Who's going to contain? And maybe they'll just throw out various defenders out at LeBron. But depending on Wade's health, I think they'll have a good chance there. But I don't know if Wade can stay healthy, play against such a physical team with Memphis. I think they have a chance to win the championship. But... Memphis is uh, from a French contender. Partly is because of the injury to Russell Westbrook and among other things happening in the Western Conference. But I think that they're probably the best bet. They're neck and neck with San Antonio as far as giving, giving, giving Miami a run for the championship. All-rookie team was announced yesterday. Damian Lillard was the... Fourth guy to be named unanimous at the all-rookie team. By the way, the all-rookie team doesn't guarantee you anything. You know who's made the all-rookie team? Mighty Mouse, Stoudemire, and among other guys. So, you make the all-rookie team, doesn't necessarily guarantee that you'll have a successful NBA career. But congratulations to Lillard. All offense and no defense, Damian Lillard. So, you have to see, you know, how his career is going to pan out as far as being effective on a defensive end because that's one thing he was not during. The regular season. And that's for various reasons, maybe because of the offensive scheme and among other things. But a short podcast today. That's it for huntersportstalk.com. If you have any questions or comments, subscribe or oh, excuse me, send me an email to huntersportstalk at com. Also, subscribe to iTunes and be sure to listen. Every day is a learning experience. Remember that. And this podcast will get better and better. I'm William Hunter. and You're listening to Hunter Sports Talk.